When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean, joined as always by Johnston for this big fight preview for what, in our eyes, is a big double header this weekend. We've got the rematch between Chantal Cameron and Katie Taylor, and we've also got Demetrius Andrade and David Benavidez in a really good super middleweight fight happening this weekend. They are the focus of our show this week on the big fight preview. And I'm looking forward to talking about both of them because they are both big fights. Some people might not look at these and think, yeah, well, they're not that big, but they are. Katie Taylor and Chantal Cameron too, I think is a really big fight. And the first fight was really entertaining and Chantal Cameron got a really deserved victory in defending those titles that she held. And then we got David Benavidez having another good fight against Demetrius Andrade, who's finally putting that step up in opposition after really having a career which seems to be failing to reach any level of expectation so we've got quite a few points to talk over in this episode and I'd like to start it with Cameron and Taylor and go back to that first fight and and how definitive it was for Chantel and and how on point she was in that fight and how other people were saying that Katie just wasn't her night etc etc well for some time, I've kind of felt like she was, she'd was, she lost a little bit of a step. And I know we'd said this a few times in the past about Katie's last few fights going into the Cameron fight. And I think Chantel made her pay. And that's the way I saw it. I think Chantel made her pay in that fight. And while one judge had it a draw in the first fight, which I thought was a, a little bit unfair to, to Chantel, I think she, she deservedly won it by a couple of rounds. And the other two judges agreed and gave her the majority of the decision. I didn't think Katie 
was as good as we've seen her before in the past. And I think, you know, she's at a point of her career where she has been in some tough fights. She has. And people forget that. People automatically think that Katie Taylor, because of the style of fighting that she has inside of the ring, automatically is going to it's going to favour her. And it was in Dublin. And the ironic thing about that was that it was the first big fight in her, in her hometown, in her home country. And she lost and it didn't go her way. And I was glad that Chantal Cameron wasn't done over by the judging on this because I felt she definitively won this fight. So going back to it then, Johnston, passing this over to you now, talk about that first fight and then talk about this rematch and what you think about it. Yeah, look, we, we said that um, anything sort of maybe a bit tight would go Taylor's way. Um, but what, what Cameron did do is that she um she was busy she she pushed Katie back and she she got the better of those exchanges she didn't allow the crowd to get to her in any way she showed no fear that night in absolutely no way shape or form she walked into enemy territory and she got the business done and that for me is it shows a lot of character it really does from Chantel and she was never moved never wavered she stuck to her game plan uh, she was precise of her shots and she was beating Katie to the punch. Um, Katie looked, as you say, as you rightly said, a little bit of a step off the pace and maybe that speed has just started to dwindle slightly and therefore Cameron took advantage of that. And and the one thing we will say with Katie is the lack of power has always been her issue. So eventually when you get older, you know, the power never really leaves you. It's the speed that does. And speed was always her her benefit, you know, her footwork, her, how she would outwork opponents. But then when she, you get older and the way she fights, eventually it's going to take its toll. And I think we see early signs of that before the, the Cameron fight and some of her other fights. But especially in this one where just the younger girl was a bit fresher, hasn't been as many wars and showed a lot of maturity that night. And... um so it's difficult now, isn't it? Because it's sort of like you look at that first fight and, and it's hard for you now to really find a way of Katie winning this rematch. I don't know. I, I'm a little bit torn. I, I can sort of see a repeat rather than a revenge uh, come Saturday night. And I can understand why you would feel that way, but I can also understand why people think Katie will avenge this loss and she'll come back. And there's always that belief and confidence in a fighter of her magnitude that she's got the ability and skill to to go back to the drawing board and, and come up with a with a new game plan that's going to help her beat Chantal Cameron. You can't write her off in this fight. Nobody is. I don't believe anybody's writing Katie off in this fight. Like I understand why you why people will feel that Chantel has got her number and, and how she can repeat this performance. But Katie's still a great fighter. Yes, I think she genuinely has started to slow a little bit as a fighter. I don't think she can fight with the same ferocity and be successful the way she previously was against slower opposition at times. She's looked good against opposition that are at a lower level than Chantelle. And when you get someone at Chantelle's stage who has already shown that she can go to the trenches metaphorically and physically in other fights, that she's shown that she can do it. And what she did is, like you rightly pointed out, she took advantage of her... I wouldn't say a flaw, but maybe a moment where she identified and they identified in her camp that there was flaws in Katie's game and, and maybe they've looked at previous fights and gone, you know, 
a footwork is starting to slow a speed starting to slow you can get in you can get out you can overwhelm with punches you can frustrate her because you had seen that in previous fights with Kata and I think they did that and they executed it successfully and going into the second fight between the two of them I'd imagine that it'll pick up where it left off I can't really see this being too much different from the first fight but it could be a case of Katie could outwork Chantel in this second fight and get the victory and then win the super lightweight championships. Remember, this is still a historic fight. The first one was historic. The second one's still historic. If Katie Taylor was to win this rematch, she'll have won these titles and become undisputed champion in this weight and done it in her hometown, home country, which would be amazing for her. And I think that would inspire her to to do that and it didn't give her that inspiration to go out there and, and try to make amends there's two ways in which i could see this this ending in terms of, of of a fight come saturday night it'll either be a repeat performance and Chantel will just have the better of her and katie will call it quits and say do you know what that's it i'm done i could see that happening i mean that that would that would be bittersweet for katie to retire having losing back-to-back fights in her home country in her hometown but, again, I've always said this, like, at this stage of her career, what else is there out there for her to prove at this point? Maybe there's a third fight with Serrano. Maybe. But what value would that hold if she was to lose again to Chantal Cameron? I don't think he would, personally. If she was fighting again, if she loses to Chantal Cameron and she fights again and it ends up being Serrano, then it is just for money at that stage. It's got to be just for money. There's no way, like, because she could possibly before glory because i think she's already cemented that in her legacy so there's two ways in which it goes katie taylor loses and retires or she comes out triumphant and she gets that victory and she goes on and she does have that other fight and it does become more money making for her because there's more on the line because she then picks up all these titles they're the kind of two ways i could see this this happening these are the two outcomes and possibilities i think we could see on Saturday night. I'm not really rooting for anyone in particular when I say who's going to win. I just kind of see it in my mind and my head says to me that Chantal Cameron, he's just got that little bit extra at this stage of her career in comparison to where Katie's at at the moment. That, that's what I think. I think Cameron can do this again and I think she can do it and, and just be as emphatic as she was in the first fight. That That's where I think this is going. <laughs> yeah, and I'm with you. I mean, I mean Katie, she's she still holds all those lightweight titles as well. She's undisputed at lightweight. She's daring to become undisputed in a second weight class. So, you know, as we mentioned before, I mean, that was it's, it's a huge achievement to even think about doing such a thing. And um, although, you know, Chantel, she's 32 um, in her prime, really. And, um, you know, 32 as, as a boxer, yeah, I feel like, especially only 18 professional fights, I feel that, you know, that, she, she's not as got as much wear and tear, for instance, is what I'm trying to say compared to like a Katie Taylor and and Katie fighting in a way above to become undisputed. If she fails, then it's not quite the end of the world because I do feel that she could step back down to lightweight and there's some other game. You know, you got Caroline in that division. Maybe she could give her an opportunity before she before she heads off and into retirement or like as you say, there's the Serrano fight is probably the money and I think that's probably where she's looking at. But I mean, going back to this fight in particular. Uh, I just feel that I remember listening to a kind of old pros. I can't think who it was now um, talking about when they hit a certain age in their career 
and they were working. It might have even been Trevor Nelson. Uh, Trevor Nelson. Trevor Nelson. I'm talking about <laughs> not Trevor Nelson. <laughs> He's a DJ. <laughs> Forget that. What I'm trying to say is there was an old pro I was listening to, and he's telling me when you get to a certain age, all of a sudden your body can't do the certain things you could once do. You weren't, you're not hitting those times you used to be able to make, and no matter how hard you try, you can't do it no more. And especially when you're right at the top, right at the peak of the mountain, and you've got the youngsters trying to knock you off of it, it's difficult to maintain it. It's easier to chase it than it is to, to, to be there and hold it. And I just feel that the speed that was very, very important, it's huge for Katie, for me, on a personal level, I think the speed is always what got her through those Pazoom fights, for instance, where she just about beat her to the punch. And I think that's what she's lacking, it's that split second, and it's age. And it is. Unfortunately, there has to be a time in your life, no matter how hard you try, you're not going to be able to do it anymore. And I think Chantel proved that in their first fight. In her home, in front of her home fans as well, you know, in front of Taylor's home fans, she's going to walk into there with an air of confidence. She's going to be even more confident than she was before. She's going to know what Kate is going to bring. And I just don't think, honestly, that Kate is going to have enough to be able to do anything different that's going to really sustain any amount of pressure on Chantel to win this fight. She's not going to be able to do it for 10 rounds and she's not going to be able... She, she could do it for a few rounds, put the pressure on, but she will tire. And uh, Chantel won't. I don't think she will as much and therefore that's why I'm giving her the edge. I just feel that it's going to be a repeat, mate. I do. And I'm not backing anyone in particular because in a way you sort of want Katie to win the fight because you want to see her become undisputed in two different weight classes. It's not going to damage Chantel's career as much as it probably would uh, Taylor's legacy as such. But I just don't think she's going to have enough. Well, that's a fair enough comment to make. I think when we look at yeah. where where this is at at the moment uh, and what I've explained when I've just spoke about it, it's logical that it can happen. It really is. And like I say, I, I agree with you. I've got no favoritism in this fight, so to speak. I can't really honestly say that I, I would be disappointed if Cameron lost and Taylor won or, or the other way around. Like At the end of the day, what I want to see is a good fight between them and a good competitive fight like the first time round. And if it's not to be for Katie, it's not to be for her. If it's not to be for Chantel and Katie comes back and creates even more legacy in her career that that's iconic that's fantastic she she's already going to go down as a as a legend oh, so just about to say she's already that hall of famer isn't she yeah. she's already there she's just it's crazy she's going to the next level to be what considered to be a, a legend if she isn't already in the female boxing within female boxing it's it's what she's done is been immense and she's transitioned you know professional boxing even you think how long she was an amateur for but it just it happens, isn't it, Sean? How many times have we seen it? Eventually, the time just catches up with me. And I just, I feel like as well, she didn't need to do this immediate rematch. And I feel like she's trying to convince herself to say, do you know what? I'm not quite done yet. I'm not, I'm not that sh that that extra speed short than what I think I am. I'm still beating those times I was doing in training. So she takes the immediate rematch. And I don't think she needed to do that. I think she's doing it because she knows if she fights her, in 12 months' time after that first fight, she definitely loses. That's just my opinion. I think, if anything, she might have just got into her head a little bit, Chantel. Maybe. We'll see. Come fight out. We're going to see. We both feel that Chantel's probably just going to edge this in the rematch. But I'd love to hear what other people's thoughts are. If you're Irish and you're listening to this and you're like, absolutely yeah, no way. Up, yep. Fucking idiot. You're talking about <laughs> yourself. 
No, <laughs> damn right. Hey, look, as as you said though, Sean, we ain't. There's no bias there. I think we went with Kaylee, Katie before in the first fight, and even then we weren't 100 percent sure. We felt that maybe the young girl might just be able to bring enough pressure, but we felt that Katie would take the decision. Anything close, kind of thing. So maybe it could still do that. It still could happen. So yeah, for our Irish listeners, that you know. I would expect fireworks, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Katie did win this fight. We're just edging towards Chantel because of just she's a bit younger and a little less. Um, she's been in a little less, uh, not as many battles, I should say. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's that's the kind of way I see it. If Katie wins it, it wouldn't surprise me. It'd be a really good performance for her to do that, and we know it'd take that for her to win the fight. So it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you: What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To me, that's great because that means we'll get a really good fight between the two of them in the rematch. So I, I'm genuinely not not complaining about that whatsoever because I know that's potentially what's going to happen anyway. So looking forward to it. It is, for me, iconic-wise, it's the biggest fight of the weekend. But I think the other fight we mentioned at the top of the show where we said it was a double header, the Benavidez and Andrade fight, I think, is, is a big fight in the super middleweight division. And, you know, we talked about the Canelo ticket. We talked about Diego Pacheo's victory last weekend and, and the fight potentially with Belanga. And, you know, this is the other fight in the division where it's actually happening. And really, it puts either one of those guys in prime position to fight Canelo. And, and that's what we want to see. The Benavidez-Canelo fight is the one that everybody wants to see at the moment. But he's got to get past Andrade, who... You know, despite his thirty-two and zero record, has not been as active, and and also there's questions over his resume. There's questions over the quality of his of his resume as well. And I think with him being mainly a career middleweight, and then obviously moving up, and then be again that success in that division that he replicated from the super welterweight division. And I just don't know if this super middleweight division is 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 that step too far for him like when you look at his early career and he was down in super welterweight and we was talking about him a few years ago and the potential fights then and then he you know he, he moves up and he goes and becomes 
a middleweight champion and then there's the talk of Billy Joe Saunders. That never happened. And then he fights the likes of Selecki and Luke Keeler and Liam Williams, Jason Quigley. I mean, yeah, they're all good wins for him, but they're not the big names of the division that we want to see. When he's in the middleweight division, they could have potentially fought Canelo when he was in the middleweight division. That didn't happen. The Golovkin fight never happened in the middleweight division. You know, they were two of the big fights that we wanted to see Andre in. And of course, Billy Joe Saunders. That never happened. He's moved up to super middleweight and now he's fighting arguably the next best guy in the super middleweight division in Benavidez, who, I'll be honest, I think he... This is, well, this is the biggest fight for me of Andre's career. I think this is the one. This is the one where if he is going to go on and do something else in this particular division, this is the man he needs to get past before he gets to the final boss. It's like a Streets of Rage. It's just <laughs> like, you know, you've got to fight the boss before the boss. And this is the boss before the boss. Benavides is the the other best super middleweight in the division, barring Canelo. Like you could talk about Caleb Plant, you could talk about that fight. Maybe that could happen. But for me, it's Benavides. Benavides then Canelo. So if he beats Benavides, he gets the Canelo fight, and that that's stylistically that would be a really interesting fight be- between him and Canelo. But Benavides, different prospects, different fighter, beating everyone he's also faced looks really impressive. Can he then beat Andre? Because we know how negative Andre can be in a fight. It's an interesting fight stylistically. It could be really boring as well at the same time. I've got a little bit of a fear uh, and a premonition that this might actually be a really boring fight to watch. I'm hoping it isn't. But what are you making of this fight? Oh, well, I'm excited about it because um, finally you get to see Demetrius Andre at the age of. 35 years of age in his 33rd professional fight finally fighting somebody with real significance because let's be honest you know if you was going to compare him to anything he was like a Premier League football team that's been playing in the championship his whole career because that's what he's done he's not ever really pushed himself for me and and, and people will say for those that really back Andre you know his fans he has got a backing um, for those that do generally see him as a guy that's just been feared and therefore no one's challenged and no one's wanted to fight him because they were worried. That there's no doubt in all these performances he's shown us great skill and a great ability and and, and, he, and that southpaw style of his and his negative style at times can be not the best to watch. But then against average fighters, you know, fighters that he should be beating, he's eventually put them away. Not all of them, some of them. And, you know, barring what, Selecki, I think, and that was in 2019. I think that's the only name that really comes out of me. Liam Williams should be beaten. Luke Keeler should be beaten. Jason Quigley should be beaten. Nicholson, I mean, that's the level of opponent that he's been fighting. And then when you look at it, David Benavides, he's 26 years of age. You know, he's almost a decade younger. 27 fights in. He's only four fights away from how many fights Andre's had in his career. He's already fought Durrell. Even Ronald Ennis was a tough fight. Uh, David Lemieux and and Caleb Plant. I mean, that there just that that is his only last in his last six fights, and he's got a better CV there in his last six fights than Andre's whole career, and that's warning signs, huge, huge warning signs for me. And then when you look at the one thing with um, Benavides is if you want to really see anything is is the Gavril fights, the two Gavril fights were real test for him. He won a split decision and then took a rematch straight away, won a UD. But he was a trouble fighter. He, he caused Benavides real problems. And it was a real learning curve. 
And from there, he's developed and got better and better. And 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 his, his level of opposition's improved. So for me, I just... You're either going to see this Andre that we've always been waiting to see, this skilled fighter, this southpaw, tricky, and has got a bundle of talent that's really going to come to the forefront finally in his career, or he's going to get found out for not fighting anyone of any real significance in his career and then all of a sudden stepping up against this young, hungry monster that's going to be a light heavyweight very soon and it's going to be bigger than him, stronger than him and he's going to get it blasted away. It's difficult to assess it, Sean. I think that's where I'm stuck with. Are we going to see the potential of the Andre that we've always wanted to see or are we going to see, actually, do you know what? He wasn't that good and the level of his opposition shows that... Um, it, it, it was overhyped and over overfought of. Yeah, it's it's a perfect description to title this fight. Really, you, you're going to get to see one or the other in this fight, and hopefully, it isn't like Luster, like I suspect it could possibly be at times. <laughs> yeah, could <laughs> it could be? It depends on Andre and and how he goes into this fight. Obviously, if he fights on the back foot, he uses lateral movement. He evades Benavidez's his, his pressure and he's successfully doing so but he's also on the offence when no opportunities come to him then you're probably going to sit there and go that's the Andre we wanted to see but if he's negative completely negative and he isn't using opportunities to throw shots and pick punches at Benavidez as he's moving forward then he's just going to get that same level of negativity and like you say he's He's going to potentially make it a stink fest if he doesn't doesn't attack. He's got the ability, boxing ability, I believe, to beat Benavidez. On boxing skill and ability alone, from what I've seen from both fighters, Andre has more of it. And I think Andre could beat him on his night if he performs, if he's not completely negative. But then in the same breath, I can also see Benavidez walking him down. I can see him using his boxing IQ and the pressure that he puts on fighters to potentially out-hustle, bully Andre and and go to the distance and just absolutely bully the hell out of him all the way through the fight to the point where, it, like you said, it just makes him look like he's been found out as a fighter, Andre. You know, these are sort of the possibilities of, of how this fight could go down because we don't know. It's, it's a 50-50 fight, essentially, because they're both undefeated fighters. They've both got accolades in their career. It's now about finally putting a fight like this on and, and getting the superior fighter to potentially challenge Canelo. So I'm really interested to see this fight. I'm excited to see this fight. And you know, that's the thing I posted about it on social media today, because I was like, you know, these are the two big fights of the weekend for me. We're talking about Cameron Taylor. We're talking about Benavides and Andrade. Benavides and Andrade is, 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 is potentially a show stealer if Andrade isn't really negative. If Andrade comes out and he's different, like I said earlier, then we might actually get a show stealing fight. But I'm I'm really sceptical that he's gonna go out there and he's gonna be quite negative and it's gonna be it's gonna make Benavidez look crap as well. If he's negative, Benavidez isn't gonna look like the monster that he's been looking like and you know the way he's been walking people down. So there's there's a few possibilities with how this goes down. But take away the negatives of how potentially Andre could fight and create a negative fight, I'm excited because it's a fight I've wanted to see. It's finally a moment for Andre to show how good he potentially is, and also the moment for Benavides to put another stamp on his record to say, I am the man, 
aside from Canelo, in this division. He's already beat Caleb Plant, who was one of the other fighters we were welcomed in the division as a fighter to potentially move forward in his career. He challenged Canelo. He lost to Canelo. He wanted to move himself back. He took a fight with Benavidez. Fair play to him. He loses. Benavidez wants that fight with Canelo. If he gets past Andre, 100% he's got that fight, and there's no way Canelo can avoid him for any longer. And that fight makes good money. But it just really depends on how this plays out of the weekend. It's a big fight. For me, big fight. Really looking forward to it. I'm edging towards Benavidez. But if Demetrius Andre comes out here and shows how good we think he might really be, then I'll be sitting here next week recording this show and giving him praise. 100% giving him lots of it because finally we'll have seen what we always thought he had in his locker. Yeah, there's either something hidden in there, isn't it? Is is an opportunity for him to unleash this potential that we've been watching for years and not really had the opportunity to see. So it's it's, it's a, it is interesting. It's unique in its in its in in the way we're looking at this fight. Um, you made a great point, which I completely didn't think is that Andre is fighting someone, you know, one hundred eight, one hundred sixty eight pounds. Sorry, and I think that's the problem. Um, can he be slick enough? Will his feet move quick enough? He's going to be awkward. He's going to be messy. It's going to be a good fight for Benavides. Another learning curve for him. Because if he can get through this, then um, it just, again, it's another chink in the armour, another added name to that CV to to give him the recognition that he really deserves that he should be fighting Canelo now. So, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating one. I'm with you, though. I just feel that the size of Benavides... The pressure he's going to put on him eventually, no matter how slippery Andre can be, I think in the early stages he might be very awkward, very annoying. You might even hear the crowd booing, a bit like Stevenson the other night, um, not really enjoying the fight. Like you say, could be a bit of a stinker for the first six, but I do feel that he can't keep fighting guys of the level that Andre's fought and progress. You become static, and at 34 years of age, he's not really had that battle. And as I've said, Benavides, even very early in his career, has had that. He's had their acid test and he's moved on and, and adding some big names to his resume, his CV, whatever you want to call it. And, and I feel for me that is the reason. You just look at their two records. You look at what they've done and where they're at now. No matter how good you say Andre has been in those against average opposition, I mean, I'm, that's being kind at times. Some of them are not, not even that good. And I'm not. I don't mean to discredit boxers because any boxer that steps in the ring, I give them absolute respect. But you're talking about levels. Andre, yes, on a skill wise and a skill set, but has anyone really put him under pressure? No. I mean, are we going to see what Billy Joe Saunders did against Lemieux when everyone wrote Billy Joe Saunders off and he absolutely dominated him? That'd be great to see. I don't think so. I just think Benavidez, his size, his youth, and the fact that Andre hasn't really fought anyone is gonna. He's got a foul. <laughs> that's just my honest opinion <laughs> and I feel that Benavidez is going to be the man to prove to people that do you know what don't do what Andre done make sure you give yourself challenges throughout your career as with Kips Kips out of Adam Azim and with Pacheo you've got to give them opportunities but you can't do what Andre's done and fight no one because you're going to get found out and I think it's, it's going to get found out I do I think he's even going to get stopped or he ain't going to bother get out of his corner well, there you go. That's your opinion on the fight. I think Benavides is also going to win this fight. But, you know, if Andre pulls something off, like I said, praise will be given to him. Absolutely. Oh, I have. If he does it, yeah, absolutely. 
But so we'll see. That is the other big fight of the weekend. There is a couple of really good fights on the undercard. We've got the IBF super lightweight title on the line. The current champion, Sabrael Matthias, against Show Jahon Ergashev, who's 23 and 0. It's an interesting fight on the undercard. Looking forward to seeing what happens in that one. And we've talked about. The super featherweights quite a lot in the past few weeks with Joe Cardina fighting. And we mentioned about Hector Luis Garcia. Well, he is fighting Lamont Roach, defending the WBA super featherweight title also on this card. And we've got Jamal Charlo, 32-0 in the middleweight division against Jose Benavidez Jr. I haven't seen Jamal Charlo for, for quite some time. And I'm looking forward to seeing his middleweight campaign we've talked about the middleweight division being a bit lackluster at the moment and not really sort of having one standout particular fighter but he's had some decent wins in his career uh, biggest win is obviously Derevanchenko that was the one in 2020 for me that sort of solidified him as a, a big name you know in this division at that moment in time he was the WBC middleweight champion. And now at this moment in time, you know, because of his inactivity and, and, and stuff going on outside of the ring with injuries, this is he's going to be his first fight in over two years. And it's, wow. not, it's, not a diff- it's not an easy fight for him to be going in there. I think, you know, you look at Jose Benavidez, obviously, you know, he's fought primarily down in lower divisions, He's gone down as far as like super lightweight and he's gone up to welterweight. He's been beating off Terence Crawford at welterweight. He's fought Danny Garcia. He is obviously moving up to the middleweight division. It's a good test and a good fight back for Charlo, who's had that length of time out of the ring and, of course, doesn't have that WBC title anymore as a result of not being able to fight and defend it. So it's going to be good to see him back. And I think this will be a victory for him. And I hope that, you know, straight away after this this win, he's starting to look at these big fights because there's no time like the present now at this stage of his career to be pushing for those big fights. The other big fight in the division, I think for me, would be the Chanibek fight. I'd love to see him and Chanibek go at it in this division. But I suspect that when we talked about Nathan Heaney and, and the potential for him fighting Chanibek, I think that's probably more more likely that we'd get to to see that fight than what we would to see the fight with Charlo and Chanibek. That's kind of how I see things going at the moment. Uh, What do you think about, obviously, Charlo, you know, with the fact that he's been out for two years? He's had some good wins in his career, of course, as well, but he's at a stage where he's kind of been in no man's land for a little bit of time because of stuff going on outside of the ring. What do you think about his chances in this middleweight division of capturing titles again? Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? You do automatically think that probably uh, Heaney's got more of a chance of Chani Becker will fight Chani Becker over Charlo. It's, it's crazy because you wouldn't, you know, Charlo should be, uh, definitely should be the one fighting Chani Becker. He should be should, you know, Golovkin at one point. Uh, whatever's happened to his career, he's stalled. I mean, I always thought Jamal, for me, was probably slightly better than his brother. Um, the way it's gone, that's flipped completely now. His brother, for me, even though he got done by Canelo recently, I still feel that you know, he, he's actually improved and progressed more than his brother. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Davianchenko fight, definitely a name on his record. But um, at, again, you know, you don't want to get these guys that get fragmented. You know, they have a, a good win and they slip away. I mean, Benavidez Jr., not a natural middleweight. 
give Terence Crawford a run for his money early in that fight. Um, he did really well. I was quite actually impressed with his performance against Terence, although Terence knocked him out. Saying that Terence does on a regular basis, he can't really uh, not give him much credit. You know, he actually watched the fight. He's actually better than um, people may just think, just being a, another victim for Crawford. He calls him some sort of problems, probably more problems what Spence calls him, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, that Charlo should be winning this fight. He should have the size, but inactivity. I mean, I don't know what it is, Sean. What it is it? I mean, we was I spoke about on the other show with Richard Reactpour. Just spoke about Andrade. You know, what's going on? I mean, is it is it the fact that they're earning so much money? They've got to a point where they've earned so much money that they're just not bothered. I don't know. It's it's a tricky one, or is it promoters? Or what is it? I just I just think is it injuries? I don't know. Maybe it's injuries, and I've missed it completely. But it just it just frustrates me because you know the guy's got talent, and we're not seeing it. Well, I've looked at the WBC rankings and I thought he'd been stripped of the title. He's still down as the WBC champion. So I'm kind of correcting myself here. I actually thought he'd been stripped of the title, but apparently he still holds it. And the ratings at the moment has Golovkin at number one and uh, Meriem Nul Salatinov, the Kazakhstani, at number two, Chris Eubank Jr. at number three, Selecki at number four. Hamza Sherez at number five, Elijah Garcia. You've also got Aaron McKenney, who's got the international version of the WBC title. So, can't see Golovkin fighting again. I think we've kind of solidified ourselves. So it'd be very unlikely that he fights again. So, who's next in line? Is it uh, Nurse, Nurse, I can't even pronounce his name correctly. Nurse Sultanov will be the next in line to fight in, which I could see potentially will be a defence. But that just goes back down to the fact that, you know, we had this conversation on our episode of Shooting the Breeze a couple of weeks ago about boxing and ratings and rankings and how they've let him keep this title for so long. I genuinely thought I'd seen that he'd been stripped of this title. And no, I wasn't confusing him with Jamel Charlo because I know he was stripped of his WBO title. But yeah, I was I was just really surprised that uh, Jamal's been still got this title. Like, it's crazy when you think of, like, Crawford the other week with the IBF and, and because... <laughs> Exactly, he, was, he gets stripped of the title that he just won a few months ago. It's crazy. It's just the difference between the organisations and how they run them and how... I understand why people think they're biased towards certain fighters and and it kind of shows sometimes if stuff like this happening. So that is the other fight of the weekend. They are the fights of the weekend. The main ones we have covered, Cameron versus Taylor 2, Benavidez versus Andrade happening this weekend. Really, really exciting fights to be tuning into this weekend. But before we end this episode, a little bit of housekeeping as always. Just letting you know and reminding you once again that the Career Profile series has come to an end. There are 10 episodes. Some of them are in two parts. So there's about 15 episodes in total of the Career Profile series for this year. Please, if you haven't listened to them, go back and listen to them. Legendary Night Season 4 will be starting in a few weeks' time. 10 new fights, 10 stories, 10 episodes, and also 10 after shows with Lukey, which I'm really looking forward to doing. So more content coming to cover you over the Christmas and New Year period before we then transition into the darker side of boxing, the show that we absolutely love and adore. 10 new stories, 10 crimes, 10 incidents that, again, are going to be brought to the forefront. Really looking forward to that one next year. And finally... Thanks have to go out to everybody that listens to the show. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And also a special thank you goes to the patrons of BTR Boxing Podcast Network for the additional support that they've been providing us. If you're relatively new, thank you for joining us. A lot of you are long-time supporters of the show. So a big thanks always goes out to yourselves for 
that additional support to allow us to continue to progress the series-based content and also create things like Boxing Through the Decades. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. You can find us on social media at BTR Boxing Podcast Network, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find us also on TikTok and YouTube. If you've not left us a rating or review on Apple, do so, please. It really helps. If you've not commented on any of the Spotify versions of the episodes and that's what you use, please do go and leave some comments. Tell us about what your thoughts and feelings are about the fights that we're covering in this show. We'll publish them. We'll let other people see it so other people can interact and have their thoughts and feelings on it. Please make sure you do go and do that. It's really important to keep the community engaged and keep everybody who listens to our show engaged and get some difference of opinions, of course. But that is it for this episode. We hope you've enjoyed the big fight preview on the BTR Boxing Podcast Network, and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.